Welcome to A Woman's Clarity, a new program by C2P. A Woman's Clarity aims to help both women and men in the financial services industry reach their full potential by interacting with like-minded, strong, and motivated holistic advisors. We've partnered within our network of institutional and carrier partners to bring expertise, advice, tips, and more from talented female leaders, professionals, and practitioners from the finance sector. Good morning and welcome to International Women's Day hosted by A Woman's Clarity and C2P. A Woman's Clarity is a supportive, empowering, and educational exchange of ideas, and we're working to close the loop to help ease the transition into retirement for more women to create more confidence and clarity they deserve. This program is not only for female advisors, but male advisors as our positive male allies help continue the conversation to empower more women. I'm super excited to have our guests here today. Before I introduce our guests, I want to do one very special thank you. If you have joined any of our training events, whether it's been a virtual or in person, our training team, led by Jen Mackert and Marcella McMahon, is predominantly female. This team of phenomenal females do so much to get every single event off the ground, whether it's behind the scenes, creating, fixing at the last minute. They do a lot behind the scenes. So if you can do one thing, if you take away one thing from this meeting today, please send an email to say thank you. Thank you to our strong women of our training team and Carl for what they do. C2P training at C2P Enterprises because these ladies do so much. So a big thank you to everybody on the training team and Carl for doing what you do. Secondly, we've got a lot of great women at C2P doing things behind the scenes, so thank you as well. It's gonna be a love fest, so we're gonna have a lot of thank yous and a lot of great things to talk about. I'm super excited to have three of our top women producers of 2022 with us today. We've got Carol Ochoa, Deb Cundiff, and Julie Manning. So thank you ladies for being here. And before we kick off, I'd love to have each one of you just share a little bit about your background and what brought you to financial services. So I'm going to pick on Deb first. So Deb, would you share your story? Absolutely. And thank you for inviting me to participate in this today. So honored to be part of this and of course, to be in the company of Julie and Carol. And how I got involved is really when I was in college at Valparaiso University, Kirsten, I was in a quandary and I thought, and I said to my mom, I said, I really am not sure what I should major in mom. What do you think? And bless her heart. She's just, she was just a very practical gal. And I got that from her. And she said, I think people are getting jobs who are going into accounting. So I said, oh, okay. And so I went into accounting. I got my bachelor of science. I got my CPA joined Arthur Anderson in public accounting, and that was really my springboard for becoming then a financial advisor and just falling in love with this industry. Fantastic. So your mom helped you get into the business. Thanks, mom. Julie, yeah. Julie do you want to share with us how you got into the business? Sure, I'd be glad to. And thanks again, Kirsten, for having us. I was a total accidental tourist to financial industry, had no aspirations to do this as a young woman. I uh, I was at home taking care of babies 
And my husband came home. He was in insurance and he says, they told me I had to hire somebody. So I'm hiring you. And so I went to work in the insurance industry and I really loved it. But by the time Obamacare came through, things were changing. And so I felt like I I needed a second career. I had lots of clients that would ask me for things like, hey, can you help me with a rollover? I'm like, I don't even know what a rollover is. No, but this <laughs> so I was giving away business right and left to other people. And I went to work for one of the big box companies for a couple of years. Then I went to a private firm for about five years. And about three years into that five-year gig, I said, I can do this better. I can give more value to my clients. And so I, I left and uh, got on with C2P in 2019-ish. And uh, parting words when I left the other firm was, you'll never make it. And I was like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> um, Is that where you said, just watch me? Yeah. I'm like, you don't understand. I've been self-employed <laughs> my entire life. So this was not a, it wasn't a big jump for me. That's how I got here. Super happy to be part of the team. We're super happy to have you. And I'm going to let Carol share her story because I know that's a great story as well as how she got into financial services. I'd always been in sales of some sort. And um, I decided when my son was in high school that I needed to be more available. So I needed more of an outside sales kind of thing. So I could go to baseball practices and games. And I could just, it felt like it was really important for me to be around when he was coming home from school. So I got into an outside sales job, repping wall covering, right? Wallpaper, right? So it happened to be the height of the dot bomb and things were shutting down left, right and center and buildings are still under contract and they're still going to need electrical, but frankly, they could just paint. They don't need wallpaper. And so I got laid off. So I went to a sales job fair walked in and there were two rooms, one for people with college degrees, one for people without college degrees. I don't have a college degree. So I went into the room and one of the opportunities there was New York Life. So I sat down with them. I was impressed with what they had to say. So I went to an orientation and I remember I came home and I told my husband, I don't know if I'm going to go into this career, but I do know we need to do something different about the way we're handling our money. Anyways, I ended up at New York Life, great company, great training, but proprietary. And a number of things that I was like, you can't sell this, you can't do this. And I just felt like I wasn't able to offer my clients everything that they needed. I went into the senior marketing lunch seminars and realized that's great, but I'm missing out on the people who really need our help, people like me, baby boomers. And so started branching out got my securities licenses again, and the rest is history. It sounds like for many women, when it comes to getting into financial service, it's an accidental entry. When I was talking with Mary Stirk, her story actually started out as an accidental entry into the business. I went to college to be a social worker. And now I might do some social working in what I do, but I had never had any interest in being in financial services because I said, I'm not brave enough to do that. Well, the second job out of college is I was selling life insurance door to door. Talk about bravery, walking into homes where there's dirt floors and cockroaches doing dishes and trying to sell somebody life insurance. That was a little scary, but it's so awesome that we had the opportunity to get our foothold into financial services and an opportunity to come to an organization like C2P. Because when I was reading in the article last week, it talked about the two things that need to happen 
to help females in financial services first was help educate and train advisors on how to get in front of more female clients and to help them understand the financial plan that they're getting, which is the bucket plan from our point of view. And the second part is there's only a 15% penetration of females in this industry. So how do we get in front of more females and encourage them to be brave to step into financial services and take that leap of faith? So when you guys are looking at your growth in financial services, what has helped you grow the most in this business? And Julie, I'm going to start with you because it sounds like your ex-husband just said, honey, you're going to do this. Yeah. Held a gun to my head. No, just kidding. Had babies to feed. There was motivation other than being told that he needed help. There was motivation, had some children that needed to have some finances behind them. But I think the education of getting your series 65 and I had my 62 and the RICPs, like educating myself was the biggest springboard to be able to get in front of a client with confidence. Because quite frankly, when I first started, I was like, what if they know more than I do? (laughs) I was really afraid that would happen. Turns out that uh, I don't think I ran into anybody that really did, but the education was a big deal. Providing tax planning solutions the way we do now is a game changer. I feel like I could go up against any advisor at any firm and say and prove to them that they're probably not doing the amount of work that I'm doing to help a client. So I guess really differentiating myself from the herd of a gabillion accumulation advisors that feel like they've done their clients so well just because the market's been good for the last 15 years. It's a game changer when you you can show that you're not just an ordinary advisor that does that as well. You're not ordinary, Julie. I hear you do a lot of seminar speaking. So you are constantly in front of prospective clients speaking and basically telling your testimony of why people should do business with you. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to school to be a teacher. And but never taught a class because I did a short-term gig in sixth grade PE. I said, I'll never do this. <laughs> but I do get to get that teacher need out while I'm teaching classes. So it helps. That's fantastic. And Carol, what do you feel is your best helped you grow best here in the financial services? When I left New York Life, I ended up at AAA in the annuities and life insurance division. And several of my associates slowly one by one, we're leaving for this new thing, this senior marketing, the FIA luncheon learns and all of that. And so what was really helpful to me was that it wasn't pie in the sky. It wasn't a, a possibility. I was seeing people that I knew, people in my neck of the woods that had made the leap and were extraordinarily successful. And I decided that I was going to follow in those footsteps. And if my mentor said, do X and Y will happen, I was going to do X because I knew Y would happen because I saw it happen over and over with some of my associates. So having not just a mentor, not just a role model, but an actual example of how to be successful and just plug and play was 
was extraordinary. And obviously we have that at C2P as well. It's a phenomenal part of C2P with our Mentor Connect because you have the opportunity to have two calls a month if you're in the Rainmaker Multiplier Division. And you can ask questions of those who've done what you've been doing and be coached and be given ideas and the confidence, especially if you're struggling. So thank you for bringing that up. It's such an integral part of what we do here at C2P. Now, Deb, I heard your story in Phoenix. And I know you've been inspired by many things, but if you had to pick one or two things, what inspired you to continue in financial services? For me, I'm all about relationships and I like to connect with people. And so of course the competence and the knowledge and all of that is a given, but I really like to connect with people. And I think ultimately people want to do business with people that they like and people that they trust. And I really enjoy hearing about people's stories. I love learning what they're passionate about. And that's really what's drawn me to this industry and what's kept me in this industry is my love just to hear people's stories and how can I help them? Mm -hmm. How can I make their really good plan a great plan? It probably probably doesn't help to work with hammer because who doesn't want some hammer time? (laughs) <laughs> we all do. We all do. And I can't say that out loud in front of them. Because, you know. I absolutely love Greg Hammer for the fact that he does actually hire several female advisors and empower them to be the best version of themselves. So I appreciate that about him. Yeah. Now we're talking about all the things that inspire us, but this being in the advisor chair is not always easy. Can you think of a time that like in your life where it was super challenging and you thought, no, I don't know if I can do this? What comes to mind, and this isn't necessarily sitting in my advisor chair, Kirsten, and you just alluded to when I had the spot at the Top Advisor Showcase in Arizona. And I remember when I was asked to do that, and I thought, that's just something I'm not really good at. That's not something I can do, but I made myself do it. And it was scary. And But in doing something that was that hard for me, I really grew. And so that's just what comes to mind is just stepping out of my comfort zone, doing something that was not comfortable for me, but in doing it, just really growing and then having the confidence that you can do things that are hard. And I brought that confidence back into the office and now it's impacting my relationships with my clients. So it's really powerful when that happens. And you were amazing. Thank you, Carol. I remember your nerves beforehand. And I said, just look at me in the back of the room. I'm going to stand there and just look at me and you're going to rock it. And that's one thing I would like to point out too, is like that fear that you have, or any of us have, when we're doing something new. Fear is a liar. Fear is what's going to hold us back from reaching our full potential. So I would always encourage somebody to try something that gives them a little bit of nerves. I get nervous a little bit speaking in front of people doing something new, but go ahead and do it. Because the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work out, but you got an education. The best thing that happens is that your dreams become fulfilled. So thank you for pushing outside of yourself and doing that. Now, Julie, you've talked about your role and it's, you've done great with us. Can you share a time where it was challenging? And you thought, I don't know if I can go forward. I don't know if this is for me. Yeah, my previous career was really difficult that way. Got a lot of no's, had to get tons of no's to get one or two yeses. And so I learned from the get-go that if I just kept 
trying. I just kept moving forward. I didn't let it get me down. Now I had some bad days. I won't say that I didn't, but I knew at the end of the day that there was a few things I could do to keep myself going. So whether it was in my previous career or this career, I told myself not to worry about the money. Don't worry about the money because if I bring value to people, I help them, they leave my office with a smile on their face, the money's going to come. So I quit focusing so much on that. And the other thing I did, especially in my earlier career was I would look at the leaderboard like Deb, I'd look at the leaderboard and I'm like, who do I need to beat? And I would pick somebody I didn't even know, somebody that lived on the other side of the state. And then when I'd see him at a convention, I said, I've been tracking you all year long. <laughs> and my goal was to beat you all year long. And then if I did, I was like, see, I, that's the way my head would work and keep me challenged. So I'd watch the leaderboards. I knew that those people were super successful. Deb, by the way, I'm on your tail this year. <laughs> just so you know, you're the one that I've picked. And I think at the end of the day, it's just staying the course. You're going to get some no's. You're going to get some clients that don't want to work with you because you are a woman. You know what? There's a, a thousand out there more that would. So that's been my philosophy about getting past my challenges. So a little competition doesn't hurt. Why didn't you say Dave Allison, you're on his tail. Come on, let's look at some stars here, ladies. I'm good, but I don't know about that. But competition is great. It's a great springboard. If maybe you have something to focus on and you can really hone in your skills, that's fantastic. And now, Carol, you and I had a conversation in Phoenix, and I know that you've had your challenges on where you even sit and stand and why you're here. So have you, I know you've had challenges where you're like, I'm not sure. You want to share? There was a, a time I was going through a divorce and I had less than a thousand dollars between my personal and my professional checking accounts. And I really thought, I don't know how this is going to turn around. And um, fortunately, I was able to plug into a, a training that just gave me a, an infusion, if you will, like a blood transfusion. And uh, I was in a stationery store and they had a rack of magnets with sayings on it. And I was drawn to one. I picked it out. I didn't know why, but I picked it out and I put it on my file cabinet in front of me. And it said, leap and the net will appear. And I decided to believe that. And I did. And I launched a workshop and I ended up resurrecting my life, my career. But it was, again, with the help of mentorship and people who believed in me when I did. Thank goodness for that magnet that says leap. I think we can find inspiration in every day when we're challenged because every day is not perfect. If you've ever read the book, the four agreements, one of the agreements is always give your best. If your best that day is 10%, then you give hundred percent of that 10%. If you can give 150% that day, you give 150%. So every day is a new challenge. And what I love about this industry is that we get an opportunity every single day to help our clients, whether they're the advisors I work with to help you with a financial plan, or if it's you're working with your clients to solve their retirement needs. So when we're working with clients and we're talking about the bucket plan and the holistic plan and helping them march to retirement, happy, comfortably, safely, what's your favorite part? What's your favorite part of helping the client? Is it writing the plan or is it giving them the keys to the city on the day they retire? So I'm gonna start with you, Deb, because I know your office is always hopping and you're yeah. constantly doing something for your clients. So my favorite part of it, honestly, 
to be honest, is um, because I'm really more of an introvert than an extrovert. You probably know that about me. So I love the client facing. I love all of that. But my very favorite, if I'm going to be honest, is to have all of the information I've gathered, close my door, be in my office and put it together like a puzzle. That to me is so exciting. How do I take all these financial resources? How do I incorporate all of their goals, all of the things they want to do, and then put it together like a puzzle and create what I hope to be the best plan for them? I get excited about it and I love it. So that's what I love to do. But like I said at the beginning of the presentation, we have to educate more females to go into retirement comfortably confident and happily. And the bucket plan really is a great fit for that. And women are natural educators. Jason, do you want to kind of chime in with your comments? I do want to highlight you because of the bucket plan, we can get in front of more female clients, educate and help. Yeah. I, I just thought of that because I was thinking about myself and I grew up, my dad was an insurance guy and everybody said, oh, you're going to be an insurance salesman. And I always hated that. I'm like, no, I'm never going to be a salesman, let alone an insurance salesman. I picture like a short sleeve shirt and a short tie with a coffee stain on it. I'm like, no way am I going to be that guy. I always fought so much against not wanting to be a salesperson. And that's why I do love the bucket plan. And I tried to pick up as many of the best practices that I could through the industry that were education focused because I wanted to be an educator. I wanted to be a teacher for a number of years. That was like my desire as a career. And so like, I love the idea of education-based and it just made me realize, wow, like women are really natural educators and teachers almost, they teach their children. There's a lot of women teachers and just a lot of, I think, fields that just require that level of empathy and patience and just the ability to sit down and have just a, a very forthright conversation, but in a caring and kind way. And I just think there's just such an opportunity for, for more women to be so successful in this business because people just want empathy. They want to keep it simple. Don't talk over their head. They want you to care. And I think that comes natural with women where men have to try at that in many instances. And I agree with you, Jason, and thank you for sharing that. And the bucket plan, though, when we want to speak the language of women, really does focus on those key components, education, training, solution, and taking them along the path. And so thank you for sharing that. And Bucket Plan Training, keep your eyes open. If you've not attended this year, it's just getting better and better. So make sure you keep your eyes open and join us for the next training. But Carol or Julie, do you want to share like your favorite part? Or maybe you've had a recent success you'd like to share with us? I'll say that I have a fair number of women clients who have never been married. That's just, I find that interesting. They're not divorced. They're not widowed. They've just never been married. So they've been responsible for their finances their whole life. But that being said, also didn't feel like they had the resources to even begin to think about retiring. And it's such a joy to take someone who feels like 
they don't have enough and rearrange things and show them that they actually do. And like I say, sometimes you may not be traveling to Europe, but you're never going to be on the street either. And that is such a such a huge relief to see that, that the people, these women come in somewhat terrified and leave with what I've always said is my slogan is that peace of mind is the ultimate asset. And so to be able to give them that and let them go on their way is, it's just a real blessing. I like that. A peace of mind is a real asset. And that's true because a lot of, if you look at statistics these days, it does show that there is a wage gap. There has been a retirement savings gap for women. So if you can help them bridge that gap, give them that confidence, it's a phenomenal feeling. And then it's not just a phenomenal feeling for women. It's when you help other clients, male or female, bridge that gap and get to retirement. I've always said that there's not another industry where we can serve, help, and enjoy what you do like you can with the financial services industry and make a decent living and decent wage and live the life you've always wanted. Julie, any recent successes or anything you'd like to share about your? Yeah. So I want to just share about a client that I've been working for a little bit over a year now. And we have a really unique opportunity as women when we work with other women. When they walk into your office, like this particular lady, and she walked into my office, she was like shaking like a kitten. Her, she was just hit with a big, bad divorce after 40 something years. She just, she couldn't even hardly put two string, two words together. And she had no interest and no vision in the accumulation of their assets. They had some money, so that was good. However, she didn't know anything about anything. So as I worked with her over the last about year and a half, I finally gave her, we finally got to the point where all the quadro money was split and all that and putting together her family estate organizer. And she literally looked me in the eyes and started to cry. Like I had to grab the box of tissues. I'm like, it's okay. And she goes, no, I'm so confident now. Now I understand things. When before I, I just let him handle all of it because that's what I did. The other thing that I do to help women understand, because these financial terms and jargons are the top for people who don't understand it. So when I'm explaining a mutual fund or something, I could tell them, well, it's an investment program by shareholders, trades and diversified holdings, and it's professionally managed. And they go, what? Or I could say, you know what? It's like baking a cake. You got to have flour. You got to have some sugar, eggs, probably some vanilla. You're going to top it off with a frosting. And it's really good. You put all these things to- together and it makes something really good. That's a mutual fund. <laughs> it's all <laughs> these companies put together inside of this portfolio and it's good when they perform. So I have all these terms that I share with women, like, oh, what's a bull market? Again, I could read them the definition and they'd be like, what? Or I could say, it's if a bull was gonna hit you in the backside and send you to the sky. That's kind of like when the market goes up, it's a bull market. So I have all these little things to help these women understand the intricacies of a very heavy, industry, if you would say. And the other, I think the last thing I would say about them working with women is I have found over the years, and I've seen men in meetings where I was like second chair and the woman's getting frustrated and she might even be getting ready to cry and they don't do anything. But as women, I can reach over the table. I literally can hold her hand and say, it's okay to cry. I got tissues right over here. Go ahead, get it out. If you cry real hard, you'll have me crying too. And there's that connection with women that unfortunately, love you guys, I'm married, I got boys, but 
sometimes they just can't make. So take advantage of that opportunity to win their trust by letting them cry, letting them vent, knowing that they don't know anything about financial stuff and give them some crumbs that they can feel like they're empowered a little bit. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think I could ever look at a bull market the same now, Julie. <laughs> so I'm going to think of that bull coming behind me and knocking me into next Tuesday. But I think you make a really great point. It's not about having them come to your table. It's about us going to their table and serving the food that they understand and that they, they that fits their, their diet. So thank you for sharing that. It's such a great perspective. Yep. Now, one challenge, like again, that article I referenced earlier, we only have 15% penetration of female advisors or females in financial services. Ladies, do you have any insights or wisdom on how we can get the next generation engaged and brought to the table so they can better serve more female and male clients in the future? Tough question. Anybody in the audience too, if you've got some ideas, please join in. This is not just a celebration of the three of us speaking, but if you've got ideas, jump in. This is inclusive and this is empowerment of everyone. I think it is really difficult because again, no, no offense guys, we love y'all, but it, it is still a good old boys club, right? Most men tend to feel like they want, maybe want to work with a man. A lot of women tend to want to work with women. But with that said, I think, I think women and in the individually have to break down that barrier of I can't do it, right? Because I don't know anything about it. And the more people that they meet, like Carol and Deb and the like that have done it, I think there's some uh, influence there that can get these younger women to say, I can do this too. It's not that hard. If they listen to some of our stories, they'll be like, gee, she just started off taking care of babies. And now look where <laughs> she is. So I think it's a matter of getting them in front of the right people that can motivate them to be better and getting some more female upper management in terms of some of these other firms. Well, I don't think raising babies is easy. I think people <laughs> see you now and think of the bull rocketing you into the financial services field. Deb or Carol, how would you want us to get in front of more females to bring them into the, into the financial services? I know that there are programs like junior achievement, things like that, where people of all different professions actually go into high schools and talk a little bit about their career and which the current subjects they're studying in high school would be helpful if that's a career they're interested in. I've never done that, but I know it is something that's available and it may well be something that needs to happen is starting with girls who I think are still, it's amazing to me, but still feel like they're just inherently bad at math and science and all the hard stuff. But it's not true. Just giving them, I think that showing them that there is a path to something else that's, that's interesting and fulfilling and rewarding, both personally, professionally, and financially, a different way to go. I think that might be something I might look into. That's a great point. When I was in high school, I was a part of DEC and I actually went to the nationals for salesmanship. And, but I never thought about going into financial services until it landed in my lap. So that's a really great point. Now, Deb, I know you've got some expertise in your office with getting some women into financial services. You've got Tammy, you've got Emily. Emily. 
who is doing phenomenal. Any yes. tips on how we can help? I'll tell you what, the interns that we hire here have been amazing. And we do have some really strong, professional, competent women in this office. To your point, when you said earlier, Greg's really great about hiring good women, but um, Emily is just such a go-getter here. She was an intern. She's just competent. She's a go-getter. To the extent that I can mentor her, it's just been a real blessing, her blossom here. So I enjoy that role. And I think as women, we really need to be better about encouraging and supporting other women, be it in the financial services industry or any industry for that matter. Um, I can remember years ago when I worked at Arthur Anderson in my 20s, my immediate supervisor happened to be a female and she was difficult and she was so unkind to me. And I look back to that time and I think, why as a woman, would you try to hold another woman down? So we really need to lift women up and encourage and support and let them know that they can be wildly successful, be it in the financial services industry or any industry. It's like that quote, who the woman, to tell the woman her crown is crooked, don't point it out in public. So encourage, uplift, and empower. And before I go into our very last question, I do want to point out a comment from the Queen Bee herself and give Jeanette Bajalia props. She had to leave us. She had to go to an appointment, but she just wanted to say, y'all are amazing. She's sorry that she had to hop off, but have a great International Women's Day. And Jeanette herself is with you guys being some of our one of our top female producers. So it's such great encouragement to have Jeanette say, great job, ladies. Keep doing what you do. Because for me, hearing you speak, hearing Jeanette speak, and a lot of others, you inspire me on a daily basis to want to be better and do better and to reach more. In closing, ladies, any words of wisdom or parting comments that you'd like to empower to other female advisors, male advisors, or those looking to get into the practice? I'll let you jump. Yeah. Don't quit. It'll be the worst mistake you ever make. Things will be hard. You'll have some seasons where you're very prosperous and some where you're like, geez, I don't know if I can do this anymore, but don't quit. And then secondly, make sure you align yourself with a firm that has the tools, the resources, the desire to be involved in your growth. Um, I've been with other firms that didn't want to do that so much. So this is a game changer now being at C2P where literally the president's vice president, they know my name and they, and they were there to help. So it's a big deal to, to have a place where you can feel like you can grow. Thank you. Carol, Deb. I would say that to have faith and when you are equipped and able to lead. And when you're not, and you need to lean on others. And we have examples of all of that here at C2P. And I, I think it is a great recipe for huge success for obviously not just the women, everyone that's associated with the firm. Thank you, Deb. For me, I think it would be listen when you're sitting across from a client or prospect, I would say, listen, 
I would say, listen, and then I would say, listen some more. And it makes me think of a time when I was sitting across from a prospect. We were working on a case, Greg and myself, but I was doing the discovery part. And it was about 90 minutes. Um, and they shared just a lot of their life stories and their passions, et cetera. And I remember them leaving my office and Greg saying goodbye, how'd everything go? And they said, oh, they said, we just love Deb. And I had this light bulb moment because, of course, they don't know Deb, right? They don't know anything about me. But it made me realize that they didn't like me. They liked how they felt when they were with me. And that was so powerful. So what I try to do is really understand, really leave people feeling validated and really leave people feeling heard. Oh, that is, that is so powerful. Always come from a place of curiosity and listen, and you can better help your clients. Lean into your support, leverage the trainings, and you can grow. We can really support, we can support the future of financial services with all of that, regardless of their male or females. We can help educate, train, and take that next generation to be the best generation after this generation. Carol, Deb, Julie, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for being pillars of C2P, shadows that we can fall into and learn from. Thank you to C2P for providing us a platform not only to grow and learn, but to have a voice. Please keep tuning in to A Woman's Clarity. Podcast will be dropping every other week. Please lean into our training because we can help each and every one of you grow your practice, whether it's through bucket plan training, tax management journey, or the career path. And we've got the tools to help you to be successful. So whatever you do today, whatever you do, don't forget to call your mom and say thank you and make your day a great day. Thank you for tuning in. This recording was created by C2P Enterprises and is for advisor use only. Opinions of the guests may not represent the opinions of C2PE.